than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Welcome to the Captain's Run, episode eight, first afternoon, it's about 37 degrees. It's the afternoon that our, uh, our Sixers side play. Yeah, Woody, have you come up with a new name for this team? You've uh, monikered the swooping magpies to great success. What are we looking at for the Sixers side? Lennox Lizards or the oh, Lennox Water Dragons. Water Dragons. I don't mind both, to be honest. Yeah, the Lennox Water Dragons because it's our uh, probably our most common animal around town, more so than dogs and cats. They're running with Water Dragons because they've got a big banner. Yeah. Yeah, when I, they run I, on. I back it. Tonight, 6 o'clock, Bangalore, field one, and they're playing the number one seed. How funny is it when, like, the Olympics are on. Everyone's getting into sprinting, hurdling, fucking all the all the Olympic sports. The World Cup's on. Everyone's into soccer. Everyone's yeah, just, yeah. everyone's buying soccer boots, indoor soccer teams. Well, before we go around the grounds, Barnsley, um, we had a 50k challenge last Saturday. Yeah, there were about uh, five or six Bodie boys who went up to the Gold Coast there and partook in the 50-kilometre run. And one of them was our one of our co-hosts, uh, Amanda comes off the bench, Satsbet, Benny Sattler. He, um, he was one of them, along with Andrew Fraser, who's been on a few times. Um, and, yeah, a couple of other boys who, uh, Eli Carr too, another guest, they all punched out 50 kilometres last week in a phenomenal effort. So, it's uh, you know, for guys who are just... Um, I suppose, casual runners, social runners. It's a great effort. And a guy Satsy mentioned on the podcast um, would have been last week, Reese Lawler. He did that triathlon. He's run the fastest time by an amateur in Australian history. So That was in WA, wasn't yep. it? Yeah. So Reese Lawler, local bloke, mate, you'll see him running some crazy pace at ungodly hours in the morning around town. But uh, great to see the hard work pay off for him because uh, that's a phenomenally hard record to break. And uh, he's obviously, you know, emptied the tank. So well done, mate. And he's off to Kona. Oh, I'd imagine so. Jesus, he must be able to run. World Cup soccer, so we're going to dial Jolly in, and he's got a multi for us this weekend. I'm hanging to hear what it is because we're going to put a little bit of our punting fund on. Yep. Um, on the multi, um, I'm no soccer expert, but I think it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting makeup. It's probably one of the best final eights that we've seen, hasn't it? Quarterfinals. Therefore, the greatest matchups you could think of, couldn't you? Really. Good luck picking any of those. Yeah. Except for maybe Brazil against... Um, Croatia. Croatia. But even Croatia, mate. Like they're the last year's finalists. They're an underdog. They're not going to give you a win. No. <laughs> I mean, to get to the quarterfinals, anyway, you're playing good, some good soccer. So, yeah, it'll be sick few games. What's your pick before we go to Jolie, Woody? For... Well, I'll watch, just watch pick it. the four. Okay, yeah, the here four. we go. Yep. I think Argentina will win the, uh, against Netherlands. Yep. Extra time, it'll go to penalties. They'll yep. win on penalties. It'll be 2-1 England against France. Uh, and then Portugal v Morocco. Morocco win 2-0. Brazil. Wow. Brazil versus Croatia. It'll be 3-0 Brazil. Jeez. I'm actually tipping the Netherlands to win. And I think the reason why is they've got a bit of a crucible. So their coach um, has undergone a fair bit of cancer sort of stuff over the last Louis van Gaal. He's been battling in the background, didn't tell anyone. And this has all come out. Um, so I reckon they've got something that's a bit beyond themselves, which will help them. Whereas I reckon Argentina, they're under pressure, mate. If, if they go deep with them, the Netherlands, they're going to tense up, mate, because they've got to win for Messi. It's kind of one of those things where I wouldn't want to be in their so position. You Netherlands. Yeah, I'd pick the Netherlands. I like that. Right, let's get jolly. 
Hey, mate, how are you? Righto, Jolly, our soccer expert in 2478 postcode. Let's get straight to the punch. The uh, top eight. Is it the best top eight we've seen for some time? I think so. On the current form, it is. Like, all the big teams that missed out, missed out for a reason because they just weren't up to it. And a couple of the teams that have got through have um, had really good tournaments and deserve to be there for sure, mate. What's uh, what's Jolly's multi before we get Barnsies and Woodies? We're going Brazil, Argentina, Morocco, France. That is paying forty-seven dollars. Forty-seven. Yep, we're on. There Woody. you go. Okay, so we're going to put a little bit of money from our little punting fund on that one. Do you agree, yep. Barnsie? I know. You yeah, like yeah. Odds. No, I'm happy with that because it's all going to good causes. So I'm, uh, I'm all for that. So we'll be cheering Morocco home big time. Barnsie thinks Argentina can be beaten. I think that's definitely the game that can go either way. I think that's the, probably the the closest game. I think France and England would have been close as well, but England have, got, have suffered a few injuries, so that sort of is looking a little bit better for France in that matchup. But I agree, the Argentina game is the one that can go either way. Jolly, who's out for England? Uh, you got Declan Rice who's oh, pulled fuck. up with a yeah, so good holding midfielder, and then you've got um, John Stones as well, so oh, centre back. back. So yeah, fuck. Both pulled up with um, like muscle injuries, and it says it says on their report probably no chance to play this game, possibly next if they make it through. Jolie, a team that continually just performs for me on the world stage is Croatia. Four million people in their country. It's the size of Tasmania. I mean, how do they do it, and what are they getting right that, say, other countries aren't? Look, mate, I think for one, um, football is so big in Croatia. Like, if you talk to any... Um, Croatian Australian guys who are, who are floating around some of the clubs in this area, but more so in like Sydney and stuff and, and Brisbane. They're so passionate, very. That's all they believe in. It's like a religion to them. Mm. That's all they do from a young age is kick a ball in the streets, on the fields, wherever they can kick a ball. And that's kind of just outshadows anything else sometimes, mate. Like it's just that if that's all they know and that's all they do, they will eventually become better and better at it. And then now we're seeing it on the world stage them continuously con- continuously competing at that high level. Righto, Jolly, we've got eight teams left. You've gone your multi. Who's your winner for the whole thing? Well, look, I've got to stay with Brazil. I said that when we first started these little correspondents. I've got to stay with them. I can't change now. And they've had a good run. And, you know, obviously Morocco, the dark horse, I'm just... <laughs> Happy that they're, they're still there, you know, fly, flowing the flag for myself, making me look a little bit better than what I probably am. We're on them, don't worry. Por- Portugal, 3 nil. can they fucking give them a shake? I suppose they can, can't they? Any of the teams can, but... That's it. I, I just think it's so open at this stage, mate. Big big games, big moments, and anything can happen. It, 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 look, it, the multi's there, but, you know, I'm not 100% on it either. It's so close at this stage of these big tournaments. Anything can change a game. And, you know, as we've seen all tournament, anyone can beat anyone. Jolly, we're, we're going to win for three and a half grand, all right? So we're on. Morocco, yeah, Morocco are going to get us home. Righto, thanks, yeah, mate. We'll, che- we'll check in on Monday. Thanks, boys. Enjoy the week. See Cheers, Jolly. Well, there you have it. Jolly's picks. Uh, I don't know. I, I like your, your Netherlands uh, Sort of uh, backstory, Barnsley. Oh, it's not a oh, look. It's it's one of those things. It's just a gut feel. You know what I mean? I don't have any sort of players. I don't understand how they all play and all that. But 
I just think you want to be playing for more than yourself at this uh, at time and you don't want to have a burden on you. And I think that's a big issue with Portugal at the moment is how they manage Cristiano Ronaldo because I don't have a douche of a week in our podcast, but, geez, he's <laughs> freaking winning it with flying colours at the he's moment. He's a bit of a sook, isn't he? It's fully ruined his career. It's ruined his... His legacy? His legacy, for sure. Yeah. I was a diehard. Like, I love Man U. I'm diehard Ronaldo. But now you're just like... The last sort of five months, as he's gone, you know, deteriorated and had had a slower start to the season, he's just become more and more of a sook. And what's his talk? uh, What's the talk? Where's he signed? Well, he's signed... He possibly is signed. But I don't reckon he will now that he's gotten so bagged out. I reckon he'll try and stay in the top flight. I don't. I don't reckon he'll oh, go okay. there yet. Yeah, to right. Saudi Arabia? Yeah, not yet. He'll yeah. go there at some stage, I'm sure. It's got to be the worst trade in someone is just that bitterness and sourness when a few, uh, you know, when a few things don't fall their way, especially when they've had it their whole way their entire career. And it just, I was so happy for the uh, Portugal coach to get vindicated the other day for benching him, and the young kid who comes on gets a hat trick, and they win six one. But also his press, like, did you see he? Like so, that's the big thing. So Ronaldo doesn't press and he doesn't run much. Yeah, he's fucking stand still. He waits for the ball to come to him yeah. and does magic. And he look, can't he can do finish. both. Yeah, he's, yeah, because he's, he's a little bit older and he, and he can't run that hard for that long. He, yeah. he won't finish as well, so he he doesn't defend. He's got an opportunity right now to flip it on its head because for Portugal to win the World Cup. They need a super sub like him. And if he can come on for 20 minutes and just finish, he could potentially light it up for them. So this this has a chance to flip his legacy if he gets it right. But... He's got to take the uh, take a leaf out of the guy, the oldest statesman in their book, Pepe, who just became the oldest goal scorer in a knockout stage of a World Cup. He surpassed the English fast bowlers question, which was Roger Miller. So uh, 39 years old. Take a leaf out of his book, Christian, and pull your finger out. Stop being a douche. So, Woody, we're, uh, we're into the homework review. First time you've done homework since year six. Um, yep. And uh, <laughs> it's good that you're listening to Teacher Condo and Barnsley and you've actually done some homework. WSL review. So, firstly, let's just take us through your standouts sort of in the last couple of comps, especially culminating in Halle Eva. There were some good Aussie performances that shone through. And I think, secondly, do you have any uh, queries, any sort of beefs with the whole WSL setup in, you know, the way it's going to roll next year? Well, firstly, you know, hats off to a, a there was a bunch of Aussie guys, and it was a shame we get ten guys from the Australasia that go in, plus a few wild cards that had a seed on there and uh, the, on the uh, on the Challenger uh, yeah, series. Yep. And then you get obviously the uh, guys from the first five events that fall off. They were on there as well. So the Challenger series, for those that aren't aware, that's the sort of old QS. Basically. It's the old sort of QS. To you, you've got to qualify in your region now, so you start off in a. It's it's a better way to do it. But the way they've got it mapped out probably isn't working that well. So I wish it was like that for us because I could have started a little bit younger, not spent as much money, and then really committed myself to make some money and put it towards the Challenger events. But the, a lot of the Challenger events are spread out and there's one event each sort of continent. That's the thing that's kind of, for me... Coming back, sitting yeah, for a month, like, going again. So that was really cool back in the day. You'd have four or five events in a row in Europe. So you could save up a bunch of money. It'd probably be anywhere from a six to a ten grand trip. However, you whatever sort of food, if you were just going to eat sticks, you'd probably make <laughs> it five grand. But you could really commit to it. Now it's spread out. You spend a lot of money on it, and if you, the finances aren't there, it's really difficult to do it. But I think the ten that we had did as good as they could with the finances they had to commit to it. You yep. know what I mean? Like 
probably you see the top three guys as CT guys that were on there. Besides Rio, there was Callahan and Leo. Well backed, got yep. good money. They can they're already on the tour. I I think there's got to be a better way to do the the actual challenger tour where it's a bit more affordable because I feel like there's going to be less and less kids that'll have a good backing to really commit properly unless they're working full time or you know as much as they can before they go. So in summary, is it fair to say your view is that uh, challenger series how it works is good, but we need to maybe condense, condense a little it. bit so that it's yeah. not spread out as where, much. Yeah. And it's not you're not flying to Europe twice, or you're yeah, not flying okay. to Brazil twice. Yep. We're not flying to America and then Hawaii. Like it's fucking, it's a. It'd probably be. I reckon to do the Challenger just with air fans would be close to thirty grand. It's before you even do the entries, and it'd be a Jeez. lot of money, especially you know post COVID. It's probably I think that you know internal flight. It's probably it's you know, expensive. It's expensive. So how long are the lay windows and that at these competitions? I think they've got seven days to run five days. So they get two days. It's pretty good. Like yeah. I have no qualms with how they run, how they judge. It's always generally the CT panel or, or the guys that are trying to get on the CT panel. I'm not, I don't have any issues with that. It's more just the travel and the logistics of it. I know they've got to walk, work around the tour. And what are your thoughts on um, how it rolls into next year, which is similar to this year with the mid-year cut? I I don't I I'm not a fan of it obviously because everyone needs a good chunk to get their act together get their game together obviously the the top guys generally get the hang of it but Ethan didn't Ethan came on he had a whole year to do it he had no mid year cup but he still fell off That's and true. now he's you know arguably in the top three surfers in the world it took him a go to fall off it's taken it takes time but. I think the things that I don't like is Liam O'Brien qualified. Mm. He'd done it for three or four years solid, qualified, broke his ankle warming up at backdoor the day of the first oh. event. Did not get a wild card. Didn't get a wild card all Did last not year, but get, he's re-qualified, Barnes, he's re- so you understand. Yeah, so he's but, had to go and spend another ridiculous. 45, 50 grand to re-qualify. To re-qualify. That's, and if he, if he didn't have a good sponsor like Bill Long backing him, they could have easily just cut him. I must say, I, I couldn't work out this year how he, every, every comp that came up, how his name wasn't there somewhere with even, some of the even, wild cards they were giving out. Even Carlos Munez, another battler yeah. that's done it hard, no major sponsor. He got on, he did his shoulder in pipe in, round, in the quarters, I think. He, of, he, of the first Of comp. the first event. Yeah. Did not get it. I think he got one more go, maybe El Salvador or something like that. But it's, it's not quite there yet in regards to fairness. I know golf is a tough sport to make it, but I can't think of a tougher sport than surfing right now to get to the pointy end of it and make a decent living out of it. So what's happened is, for me, it's the, obviously the, the money's gone down, the prize money's gone down. There's no, it's, it's, if it keeps going down, I don't think it is. I think, if anything, it'll hopefully go back up to where it was. It, it was about, I think it's about 10% down, is that right, roughly? Uh, more. 20% down then? There's no well. Like I'll give with, you an example with golf, but uh, like, even if you're struggling, you can still have a good event and make fifty or sixty grand. Think from memory, Matty Bandy when he won an Oz Open at Manly Beach. I think first prize was about, I'm gonna say twenty five. Yeah. I think if you won it this year, you got ten. Yeah, there you go. Right. So there's a few things that need to be looked at. It's just a means to qualify. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not really looking at it like how can we incentivize these kids to keep doing it. It'll just end up being people with wealthy parents or. You know, what Ronnie was saying on one of our podcasts, they've got to get into a different industry to get some finances. It's sponsorship. Sponsorship. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll get tricky. And then you've got guys that fucking finally make it and they might have an injury or, you know, something goes wrong or they just don't get 
They don't get on their game straight away. And they're fucking done. It's and I think contractually, Barnsley, the other thing that is an issue is that you're now seeing, uh, which is no no fault of the sponsors, they've got to play it how they see it, but with a mid-year cutoff, they're tiering contracts. Yeah. So if yeah, you so don't make the mid-year cutoff and you fall back, you're getting you're getting big a big uh, big pay cut. It's really only benefiting four people. It's benefiting Gabrielle. It's benefiting John. Yeah. Benefiting Ethan and Italo and maybe Philippe. Like this, and Jack. You know, like there's at this stage, it's only really benefiting a handful of people. It's not because they're they're all those six seven guys I just mentioned. They're all got the biggest contracts in the surfing. They don't re- even they don't have any real worries with finances. I don't know. It's it's not really there right now. But it hats off to the guys that are fucking still having a go. Like all the Aussie boys put on like we were so unlucky. Morgan got eleventh, one yep. spot out. Um yep, Dylan, Dylan Moffat got twelfth and Jacob Wilcox got thirteenth. All all obviously Dylan and Jacob have never made it. Morgan was in the world title. So, so Liam Reed yeah, qualified was right up there last and year. And Sophie McCulloch in the in yeah, the and and so, Sophie won Halle Eva, yeah, which she, meant she, she needed she, she to needed win. to win. Yeah. And she needed Teresa to come uh Bonavant to come third or worse, which she did. Yeah. It was crazy so. the outcome. And she and she as as well deserves to be there. She fucking shreds. Like, she does, yeah. She's a great surfer. And she'll do great there. She'll match it with some of those girls. And she's a really good feisty, you know, she'll have a, she won't she won't be afraid to surf against anyone. All right, Woody, last question. If I'm uh, just a punter on the street and I turn on the surfing, which Aussies am I watching this year on the men's tour? On the world tour? Yeah, world tour. Um well obviously Jack and Ethan, they were the yep. two guys from Australia that, that made the world ti- title showdown. Yep. Um they won events, Jack won multiple yep. events. I feel like Ethan will probably be a force. Um, and then obviously Connor, our boy, one of our boys, and um, how's his form? Woody, you've been doing a lot of work. He's with him? surfing great. Yeah, he's right. fucking shredding. He's okay. going really good, and he's working hard, and he's working on the stuff that he sucks at. What boards are, is he on at the moment? DHCs, right? That's who he's sort of with. Yeah, he's he's into them. So there's a, but all the Aussie guys. Ryan was on fire. Halle ever he just requalified. He could he could get straight on there and get some results. Jacko Baker, is Callum, Callum Robbo. We got. Good guys. Liam O'Brien goes on and Liam O'Brien can serve. And yeah. he's made a semi at Rottnest yeah. Island in the CT. Like, there's, we've got good guys. It's sick. Awesome. Beautiful, Woody. Thank you for that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your time doing homework. Yeah, loved it. <laughs> okay, boys, we'll move straight into Balls Deep. What have we got, Barnsley? You're first up. Uh, I'm going the elder statesman this week. I've looked around sport and I've been impressed with a lot of the older blokes getting around. I've gone Pepe from Portugal, 39 years old, Love oldest it. goal scorer in a qualifying uh, not qualifying, sorry, knockout. in the final knockout. Yeah, yep. uh, I've gone Tom Brady. Oh. Come from behind, victory for did the Bucks. Did you watch it after I yes, alerted I you did, to it? I did, I did, yeah. it was Three impressive. Three minutes to go, 16, yeah, yeah. three down. It was a te- good team effort, but, but I'm saying that Brady's 45 and he's still stringing it together. Uh, and also too, Jimmy Anderson. I'm watching it, yeah. it's fucking hot in Pakistan. Pakistan are on like 500 and there's Jimmy Anderson steaming in and I don't know how old Jimmy is he's 37, 38 no nah, I think he's, 40, no, he's 39 or 40 I'm pretty sure I'll get the age for you but uh, you know he's obviously surpassed Glenn McGrath as the most wicket, biggest wicket tater for a fast, fast bowler yeah. in the history of cricket so he keeps on going so to Jimmy Anderson well done any ball Steve for you Woody? ball Steve for me LA Lakers started off worst ever Anthony Davis is averaging I think Nearly 40 points a game. 
we're back. I'm fucking going to ride these guys home. So, Let's Woody, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching them twice. I'm going to watch them. I booked tickets last night. Uh, I'm watching them versus Paddy Mills and Ben Simmons uh, in Brooklyn and then against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Wow. wow. And, and I'm going to call in. I'm going to yeah. give you guys... Uh, I must say, I, I, I didn't get front row seats. It's expensive to go to the Mate, basketball. Ho- you hope they're all, pl- they're all playing well. You got a Balls Deep condo? Uh, no, I don't this week. You don't? No. Um, balls up. That's just Cristiano Ronaldo for me. Is there anyone yeah. else? You got anything else Oh, there? look, I think we'll talk about it on Monday's Experts. We'll go and do a bit more digging, but... David Warner. Yeah, I, think, I was just about I, to say. I think it's best to just, after I, I what's transpired, just to zip it. Can I just say this? I don't know how he's got the fucking hide to even want to try and do it. Like, why doesn't he just focus on playing good cricket and let it all burn away? Like, by doing this, it just brings it all back up. You know what? That's exactly Michael Clark's sentiment. Mm. And I, I agree with you, Woody. Yeah. And I agree with Michael Clark. Just quickly, boys, before we are uh, into the final word, lest we forget, I found a couple of uh, kind of sad ones too. Mills Lane. Do you remember Mills Lane, the boxing uh, referee? Celebrity <laughs> death match? Do, do you remember that? I don't, know, I don't remember any boxing referees, but uh, Mills Lane's a sick name. Mills Lane, he, he did have some, I think he had a 10-1 professional record, but he became one of the greatest uh, referees of all time. Refereed 100 world title fights, including um, the Tyson-Holyfield one. He refereed Ali. Uh, he did all the big ones. Anyway, so he passed, and he was actually a uh, attorney in his state too of Iowa. He was like one of the biggest attorneys really? in the state as well as a referee. So but his passion was boxing. His passion was boxing. Yeah, so he passed. And the other one was Nick Bolatieri. You remember the yes, uh, coach, yes. tennis coach? He coached... Nick Bolatieri. Yeah, yeah. Agassi. Um, oh, so he had... He, I, I actually know his story very well. He had one of the, the first sporting academies ever globally, which was the tennis one in Florida, which was sponsored by IMG because he was managed by IMG. Yes. Okay, and... Uh, oh, Capriati, Andre Agassi, um, Jim Courier, Courier. I think Sharapova. Yep, Sharapova. They um, they basically a lot of his techniques were what a lot of academies around the world basically adopted post that. So he sort of laid down the groundwork for a lot of what was to come. Do you reckon King Richard was similar? Well, he was different, but I tell you what, he went about it in a way that got results. So Boletari was world renowned as a lovely guy and like a very stringent disciplinarian but a lovely mm. guy and really knew his tennis fantastic uh, uh okay um barnsey um i think you've got a, f- a few comments about our fast bowl last week yeah final word i went away and did some digging because i didn't get it right we were talking about don bradman mate and you know whether steve smith is in the conversation yeah. for the best batsman since bradman can i firstly uh, apologize kim hughes shouldn't have been there kim hughes <laughs> did you get carved up well, for that i did <laughs> i did so condo is apologizing what was i thinking session 10 door oh, yeah, there's like only like oh, yeah, about the, 30 the, the other best, batsmen. i think what intensified everyone giving you like a bit of shit was Beric. like straight away went, went what the fuck what what the fuck <laughs> yeah like, oh, the way you reacted like straight away and I listened to the podcast That back end About ten times And I think Fuck Condé You're an idiot <laughs> I know you were trying To go left field And he does have a nice shot But fuck it Is it What even uh, Is it uh, Jones Like even Dean, Dean Jones, Jones like or Sashin Tendulkar What yeah. was I thinking I didn't even have him <laughs> Anyway Sorry Barnsley Anyway No well we talked about that Woody I went and did a bit of digging And uh, it was uh, Eddie Gilbert The fast bowler That Bradman said Was the fastest he ever faced And What even more surprised me Was a comment by Alan McGilvray Who before Richie Benno, the greatest cricket commentator of all time, he said, I've never seen a faster bowler than Eddie Gilbert. Full stop. Full wow. stop. He said, I've watched all cricket and oh. I can't remember a fast. That's We're talking Jeff Thompson. So that goes yeah, to your point, Woody. Of the 80s. Did yeah. Bradman face 
pace, and he, and he did. And because he did. Bradman said that is the fastest over of bowling I've ever faced in my life. That got him. Um, Barnsley, Saturday, we've, he, got, we've got very intelligent listeners because I had numerous people send me messages with that answer. Well, I should have known it, mate, because he spent a lot of his life out in Sherberg, which is um, the Aboriginal community just near just near Kingaroy, where I grew up, and we played a lot of footy against them. And I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed I didn't know because cricket's pretty you know, rich out there. You've got Matty Hayden, Carl Rackerman. So you sort of, uh, you know, he's one that slipped through for me. So uh, Eddie Gilbert, yeah, that was a good one. And another point for Woody, Bradman, you forget, missed seven years due to the war. Now, we talked about Steve Smith, Steve Smith missing two, and we were sort of whinging about it's the highlight of his of career. War. Bradman missed seven. Yeah. So right in his Amazing. prime. So we think about the numbers Bradman put up and what he could have put up. Stop it. Crazy. Hands down, he's the greatest. Okay, uh, Condo's, Condo's final word before I jump in the gymnasium and whiz up to Bangalore to watch the uh, Water Dragons is uh, we're going to go for the, we're going for the trifecta this week, Woody. Three bets in a row, NFL best bet. We're, gonna, we're on the Kansas City Chiefs giving eight and a half start. Giddy up. Fire up. Go yeah, the Water Dragons. Mate.